1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 14th, 2021. My name is Philip losser I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omb On today's episode of Locked On Magic... We're going to take our day without a basketball game to ruminate a little bit on the Magic and and their long-term prospects with, of course, the trade of James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. It's a good time to kind of take a step back a little bit, even at this early stage of the season. I'll reiterate some points that I've made before, but I I will talk a little bit more about where this Magic team stands in the big picture uh, and and what needs to happen moving forward. Um, uh, And hopefully I'll, I'll illuminate a little bit more of what I think the Magic's ultimate strategy will be here uh, for the rest of the season as far as a lot of other things are concerned. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the keys to the Magic's early season success and stuff that they have to continue to carry forward as well as a look at some stats and what may be real and what may be a mirage at this early point of the season. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search your grab right on the podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Boston Celtics before Friday's scheduled game? Check out Locked On Celtics. If you do want to peek ahead to Saturday's game against the Brooklyn Nets, I suppose you can. There's nothing going on with them. Check out Locked On Nets. No matter what your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, nothing much happened in the NBA. Now, you know, the Magic had their game postponed, so they had the day off. They actually did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, uh, a welcome day off for sure. I'm sure there was still some film study done. I'm sure there was still some type of meeting done. They just weren't on the court, which is okay. I'm not going to begrudge a team that. they Everyone needs as much rest as they can get. An extra day of rest can go a long way. And I suspect that the Magic will have an active and... And energetic, and hopefully energetic, practice uh, Thursday before they head up to Boston and begin this long road trip, but just an otherwise quiet day in the NBA. You know, nothing out of the order, you know, just a top 10 player getting traded to a team with two other top 10 players, uh, and probably cementing the Brooklyn Nets as one of the teams to beat in the Eastern Conference. You know, normal stuff. Obviously, it was not a normal day in the NBA, uh, besides two more games getting postponed, now because of positive coronavirus tests, or because of contact tracing within the league. A lot of it stemming from the Washington Wizards, I might add. Um, it's obviously a, a, a big day in the NBA transaction uh, period. James Harden on Tuesday made it very clear that he was no longer buying in with the Houston Rockets and very clearly used what le- what leverage he had to get a deal over the finish line. The Rockets, you know, after throwing essentially his entire team under the bus after a blowout loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, the Rockets dealt their superstar player, trading him to the Brooklyn Nets for a package that includes Dante, that included Dante Exum of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who's currently out with an injury, um, included Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers eventually, Karis Levert, by way of Karis LeVert going to the Indiana Pacers from the Brooklyn Nets, um, included four future first-round draft picks from the Nets, as well as four future pick swaps with the Brooklyn Nets. It was quite the haul for the Houston Rockets as now they position themselves both to be players in free agency if they so choose, if a team if a player so chooses them actually, and sets them up with plenty of draft capital to continue building and and, and picking up the pieces without James Harden. For the Brooklyn Nets, they're clearly all in at this point. They have Kyrie Irving, who is currently away from the team for personal reasons. Um, They have Kevin Durant, who is coming back from an Achilles injury, but looks very, very good. And now they have James Harden, one of the very best scorers in this entire league. The Magic thought they were done with James Harden after they faced him on Friday. They may very well face him again on Saturday. Uh, Big moves like this inevitably get everyone thinking, what about us? Why couldn't we have made that move? And in fact, uh, before the Harden deal was officially announced, when it became very clear that the Rockets were not going to wait around any longer to trade Harden, um, Worldwide Wob, you know, noted uh, noted NBA Twitter expert, suggested that the Magic would be a good landing spot for James Harden, or suggested the Magic could put together a package that would make sense for James Harden, and it was something like four first-round picks, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, and I th- think Cole Anthony. Was the deal that came around and it, people showed it to me? People said, "Hey, this is what do you think of this?" And my immediate answer was the same answer that I gave when the Magic were rumored to be in, rumored to be connected to Russell Westbrook. This is not the time to make this kind of a deal. This is not the all-in move I would make. At this juncture, the Magic are sort of in a holding pattern, and I I would say this first. First off, it is a good thing that the Magic are connected in these kinds of deals. That people look at the Magic's roster and say, they can go get this player. They can go get player X. We saw it with Russell Westbrook. We saw it with James Harden now. I'm not saying there was an actual rumor connecting them to it. I'm not saying that there was any legs to these conversations But the fact that we can sit here and say that, you know, the Magic could put together a viable and seemingly realistic deal for both Russell Westbrook and, frankly, for James Harden is a sign that, yes, the Magic are building in something of the right way. That when the time to strike comes, they will be able to strike. Like I said with the Russell Westbrook stuff, Russell Westbrook wasn't the right player to push your chips in on. That was not the right player to sort of expend all this capital to get. And I explained at that time that part of the reason was that Russell Westbrook has three years left on his deal, including the 2021 season. And so one of those years, you'd be rehabbing Jonathan Isaac, essentially his running buddy at that point. The next year, you'd be reintegrating Jonathan Isaac, and then you'd essentially have one year to actually see if a Russell Westbrook-Jonathan Isaac combo works or if it makes sense. To say the least, that thinking in that situation has gotten a whole lot worse with Markel Fultz now out with a torn ACL. Look, a number of people, when I, when I said online and they asked me, you know, would the Magic be a good landing spot for James Harden? Why, or just frankly just asking, why didn't the Magic go after James Harden? And I said, I just don't think it's, it's the right time. I don't think it's the right move. They would inevitably say, that's wrong. James Harden is one of the best players in the league. Go after him. And, and I, I, you know, on that front, I agree. The one thing this Magic team is missing, I've said this over and over and over and over again, is the Magic need to improve their top-end talent. They have a lot of really nice players. Nikola Vucevic is clearly an all-star. He should be an all-star if they're an all-star team this year, the way that he's played this year. Evan Fournier is a high-level starter. You know, again, maybe not a second or third option like the Magic have had to use him as, but a high-level starter. Aaron Gordon is a starter-quality player that's still extremely young. Terrence Ross is one of the best sixth men in the league. You can go down the list and point to players the Magic have that are very good at what they do. And to be frank, the, the, the sum of the Magic's part, the, you know, the, the the sum of each Magic part is greater than the whole individually. Now, again, that some may not be, you know, again, as high or as great as it could be because the difference between a team like the Magic and a team like the Nets is, yeah, they got Kevin Durant, they got Kyrie Irving, they got James Harden now Those are players that can create something out of nothing, and that is what differentiates teams in the playoffs. You want to ask, you know, someone asked me, you know, someone asked me, the Magic should trade Nikola Vucevic, give him the chance to star on a winning team, and, you know, frankly, I'm a big Nikola Vucevic fan, obviously, but one thing I said to him, said to that person, I was like, look, we all sat here and discussed for an entire offseason the potential of trading Nikola Vucevic to the Golden State Warriors. I, I creeped on some Golden State, Warrior, on Golden State Warriors subreddit to hear what they thought. I pitched it out to a few people that I, that I, that I trust. And a lot of them said, I, I don't think the Warriors would do that. You know, again, it's it's something of the same issue when we talk about the Boston Celtics. I've t- you know, I've talked to Keith Smith, who who's, who of Yahoo Sports, who writes a little, writes for, for Celtics blog, um, and and is a Celtics fan. And while Vucevic would give the Celtics a, a huge offensive option, when it comes to the playoffs, that's where Nikola Vucevic's shortcomings come out—the defense that we've all worried about for the majority of a decade now with the Orlando Magic. I, I don't think that's what the Warriors were looking for from the center position as much as he would, I think, add to that team offensively before they got James Wiseman. We saw how good James Wiseman was. And the same deal for the Celtics. You know, I don't think he would add exactly what that team needs to get them over the top. And that's sort of the conundrum of Nikola Vucevic. He's sort of kind of in that between era area where he is a very, very good player on his own, but when it comes to the games that matter, he's still extremely unproven, even though I think his defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. Teams you know, attack it still in the playoffs when games count, you know, more seriously. And again, maybe Vucic will prove us wrong with another playoff run like he did last year. But essentially, the Magic have very good players. They have players that I think other teams do want, that other teams are interested in. But finding a way to get to top-end talent, to get the kind of players that get you over the top, that, that you know, that draw eyeballs, like it's you on national TV. That is still the game. And so I get that notion of trying to think about and 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 again, that's why I'm talking about James Harden in, in, a, in a scenario where the magic were not even remotely involved. Because yes, that is another opportunity pass for a potential star that's looking to switch teams. But it ultimately isn't the opportunity. And 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 again, frankly, now isn't the opportunity to make those kind of moves. I would think of it this way. James Harden made it clear in his press conference on Tuesday that he wanted to play for a championship-level team. He said said essentially in his press conference that Houston had done all they can, but this team isn't good enough. I want to compete for championships. He was targeting the Nets. He was targeting the Sixers. He was targeting title-contending teams. So if the Magic had jumped in, it spent all these assets, you know, four first-round picks, Aaron Gordon, Cole Anthony, promising rookie, Mo Bamba, another promising young player. they would spent all those assets, mortgaged their future on James Harden, and yeah, he's under contract for a little while, and this team isn't ready to win a championship? What's he going to play like? What's he going to be like? How is he going to act? Are you ready to turn this franchise over to someone who already isn't bought in entirely? that's what you'd be doing it makes no sense now the harden specific rumor isn't what's important here the thought experiment that's important now is asking why isn't this the time and it isn't the time because yes the magic's two most promising players the players that they're hoping to build around the most are hurt fans are going to hate me for saying this but I think this is the unfortunate reality of the circumstances the Magic find themselves in. This team is in a holding pattern once again. This team is in stasis. Everyone, everyone is fears being stuck in the middle, being stuck in mediocrity. There are places worse than being stuck in mediocrity. There is stuck waiting for injured players to get healthy. Magic know that firsthand from the Grant Hill saga. How many times did the Magic just sit around waiting instead of building, believing that Grant Hill would be healthy enough to play? They wasted Tracy McGrady's prime. Four years of Tracy McGrady's prime. Not enacting a plan, but simply waiting on Grant Hill to be healthy. That should be a warning for this Magic team, mind you. I do think that that that, that is a warning that is worth listening to. Certainly being in the lottery and and, and not actually having the ability to, to climb up the standings is another place that's worse than death. I mean, again, Minnesota Timberwolves have two stars in Carl anthony Towns and D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, but they're not in the playoffs. And even with Anthony Edwards there, that team's still got work to do to kind of build up the kind of culture they want. And, you know, I think they're on the right track, but it took them a long time to get there. Same with the Sacramento Kings. They've got a star in De'Aaron Fox. You know, the magic would kill for a guy like De'Aaron Fox. But they haven't put all the pieces together. They've been out of the playoffs for more than a decade now. Look at the Chicago Bulls. They got a great scorer in Zach Levine. But something's still missing, an element's still missing with that team. The Magic have a playoff team. They're just missing the star. But unfortunately, the Magic can't make significant long-term plans. The Magic can't make these investments in their future because so much of it remains uncertain. With Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz out, they can't go out and get a player that's maybe on a semi-expiring contract, on a player with two years left on his deal, to convince him to stay, to build with this team. They don't have that luxury because the players they'd be trying to convince him to join aren't there. At this point, I think the Magic have to consider Nikola Vucevic untradeable unless they make the decision to reset the board. And this is really kind of where the Magic are at. Uh, You know, again, I I still think it's too early in the season to talk about some of the big-picture items, but the March trade deadline is going to come very, very quickly. And the Magic are going to have to make a decision. As I said when the schedule came out, I will repeat this. Certainly as the Magic enter this road trip, the longest road trip of the season, of the first half of the season, the Magic will know where they stand by the midpoint of the season. And if the Magic are in the playoff hunt, are fighting for playoff positioning, I would expect them to go out and try and trade Evan Fournier in a similar manner that they acquired Terrence Ross to try and find a player that can help them compete today, give them something in return, even if it's a player that they're, even if it's a player that um, isn't as good as Fournier, but gives them something back that can still help them achieve this goal. They'll do it, but if we see the magic fading, if we see the magic fall out of the playoff race, then I think priorities change. I think that the Magic are certainly at a bit of a crossroads. And so they're not at the crossroads where they're ready to take an all-in risk. Maybe like they did when they traded Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. They're not at those kinds of crossroads. They're not going to go out and make the home run swing right now. That's not what's in the cards for this Magic team. Because on the big picture scale, on the top of the roster essentially, the Magic have to be in a holding pattern. That is, if they still want to compete for the playoffs. But as the season plays out, and this is why, again, my big point on this is the magic have to let the season play out. It is too early in the season to either give up or to push all your chips in. That's just that, that that's not this team. This team is in stasis. And if you want to call that purgatory, it is a certain kind of purgatory and it, is, it makes planning this team's future extremely difficult. But it is still too early in the season to give up on what this team can accomplish and what this team can still grow and learn from as they move forward. Again, maybe they scramble, they make the playoffs, they show some scrappiness and they show some fight and someone says, you know what? A free agent says, you know what? They got Jonathan Isaac who's very good. They got Marco Fultz who's very good. They did this without them? I want in on that. Again, that's really what this is about. This is about establishing a culture that other players want to join. But it's hard to do that again. It's hard to make those final arguments without your two best players on the floor. And that's why the Magic had to sit this one out. The Magic are not ready to blow up their season. You know, good on Cleveland for getting Jared Allen. I I don't... I understand getting Jared Allen. I don't quite understand it with Andre Drummond already there. It feels like there's a ton of redundancies on that Cavs roster, but I think Cleveland knows this isn't their year to make the playoffs. If the Magic felt that this was not their year to make the playoffs, maybe they would have jumped in on that deal. Maybe they would have found a way to get a young player they like. They probably wouldn't want Jared Allen. They're they're still invested in Mo Bamba, and I, I don't think that's going to change. Maybe the Magic are yet to make one of those deals, to get involved in one of those deals, whether it's in the offseason or whether it's at the trade deadline. But right now, the Magic are in a holding pattern. Right now, the Magic are trying to just get through this season. And I think, again, as the season progresses, we will see them evaluate and change their priorities and their goals. And that's really what's going to determine this team's future. I don't think a star trade is going to happen anytime soon. If the Magic are going to get a star, it's because they win one in the lottery or they find one in the draft. And I get the temptation at that point to say, well, if that's the case, why try this season? As, as I continue to say... There's always purpose in trying. There's, you know, Again, this it's impossible to ask players to lose games, and I don't think management believes in that philosophically. You can disagree with that. I don't think that's what they believe in. And, and I, again, I think tanking destroys culture, and I think that repels players away. Sometimes you get lucky. But luck can't be the plan. But I'll leave the door open on this. The magic, if the bottom falls out for the Magic, which it can happen. I'm not denying that it can happen. It is a very real possibility, and there's some stats I'm going to share that should terrify us a little bit. But if the bottom falls out on this team, then yeah, absolutely be that bad. If you're bad, you don't need the help. But right now, this team at the very top, this team with its goals, this team is not in the position to make those kinds of moves. Right now, this team is very much in a complete holding pattern. We'll talk about some of those stats and some of those things that we're watching here as we get to the end through this part of the season coming up here in just a moment. That segment went a little too long. But first, even the new year, it's hard to start a new routine. But if you're one of the 34% of Americans who made a resolution to be less stressed, Headspace is here to help. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditation and easy to use app. Headspace is is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and more than 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Today's bod- podcast also brought to you by rockauto.com. When we talk about stress, nothing is more stressful than your car on the Fritz. No one likes a car that isn't running at its peak performance. If you're someone that takes care of your car your, takes care of your car yourself. it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, go to rockauto.com for all the auto parts needs that you want. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why? Spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with the boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Um, We're 11 games into the season now, obviously, and... Almost a quarter of the way, actually. Um, you know, come the Magic. Get to the end of this road trip; they'll be nearly a quarter of the way through the season, uh, and there's obviously still a lot to do. But we saw the Magic get off to a really good start. You know, six. six you know, four zero. Oh, obviously, six and four. Now six and five. Um, they, they've gotten off to a good start. Uh, you know, relatively. Um, they're obviously concerning signs, especially since Marco Feltz got hurt, um, and, and we want to ask why. You know, what are the Magic doing differently? What have the Magic done differently to help them get to to a new start? You know, one of the things that Steve Clifford really talked about uh, is a increasing the pace. That was obviously a big point of emphasis for the team throughout the course of the season, and, and the Magic have done a good job of that. Um, the pace is up a little bit. It's come back down, and I think their way of playing is changing a little bit. But there are a few other things that Clifford really emphasized that deserve some note and some things that are very in, very uh, important to what the magic do that the magic have to continue to do. One thing new that, that Steve Clifford talked a lot about is attacking the offensive glass a little bit more with how poorly the magic shoot and the magic are one of the worst shooting teams in the league this year is how poorly the magic shoot getting extra opportunities on the offensive glass and finding ways to sneak in offensive rebounds and sneak in extra possessions is vital. And it's surprising this year actually that the magic are second in the league in offensive rebounds per game at 11.8 offensive rebounds per game. It's really really good. On the mat, this is a team that, you know, Steve Clifford, if you remember under Stan Van Gundy, the Stan Van Gundy way is don't go after offensive rebounds. Get back on defense and stop transition points. It's a big key to actually what the Magic trying to do, but getting offensive rebounds has actually been a big boost. Orlando's actually 12th in the league in offensive rebound rate. That's a product of their pace, of course. 27.5% offensive rebound rate. That's certainly an improvement over last year where the Magic were, uh, you know, they, were, they finished, they're 12th in the league right now in offensive rebound rate. They were 16th in the league last year at 26.7%. So again, getting a few extra possessions very good thing. No one's going to complain. No one should complain about that. The magic, though, I have to continue to make uh, get, take advantage of these opportunities. You know, a team like the Atlanta Hawks, they average the most offensive rebounds in the in the league on a raw basis. They get sixteen point eight second chance points per game. Um, the the best in the league. Orlando again, twelfth in the league in offensive rebound rate, second in total offensive rebounds per game, but they're just thirteenth in second chance points, thirteen point four second chance points. So if you're looking for a way for the Magic to get more points, to be a little bit more efficient offensively. They're attacking the offensive glass more. That's undoubted. Again, maybe not super aggressively, not like selling out completely, you know, two, three guys going after the offensive glass. But they do a very good job, or they've done a very good job this year getting offensive rebounds compared to last year. But they're not yet converting or scoring on them. So this, you know, again, scratching out 15 points per game on the offensive glass gets you the fifth in the league even making one more offensive offensive rebound put back is a huge difference for this team. But of course, there's the trade-off, and that's fast break points and giving up fast break opportunities. And you know, again, with teams playing so fast, I think Steve Clifford has kind of made a calculation or he's made a strategic shift that says, you know, teams are going to run back and forth on us no matter what, but you know, everyone's playing at a faster pace these days. So it's not not that it's not important It's not as important to get everyone back. You can steal some possessions. You can find an inefficiency, so to speak, by getting the offensive glass. And certainly for a team that is offensively challenged as the Magic are, that is a big deal. But a Steve Clifford team is still supposed to be very, very good at stopping fast break points. Last year, the Magic were one of the very best teams in opponent fast break points per game. Team scored only 11.9 fast-break points against the Magic last year. That was fourth in the entire league. The Magic were one of the best defenses at stopping fast-break opportunities. This year, with, again, the focus on the Magic going after the offensive glass, they've seen a little bit of a slippage. This year, the team is giving up 12 fast-break points per game. Again, not a huge slip from last year, which is ninth in the league. So the Magic are still one of the better teams at stopping fast-break opportunities. I do want to note, I do want to note that in the last three games, so since Markel Fultz got hurt, uh, let me pull this stat up here, since Markel Fultz got hurt, the Magic's fast-break defense has gotten a lot worse, giving up 16.3 fast-break points per game. That is like 25th in the league. A lot of that has to do with turnovers. Turnovers have been up since the Magic lost Markel Fultz. And so as the Magic begin to settle down offensively and stop turning the ball over, I would suspect that the Magic will be back to playing better defense on fast break points and on fast break opportunities. This, these are two poles that are keys to the Magic's success. Get more offensive rebounds you know, to, get, to steal some extra possessions. Get back in transition and prevent easy baskets. It's really, really, really simple sometimes. Another thing the Magic have been very good at throughout the course of Steve Clifford's tenure is opponent points in the paint. That has been an area of weakness this year. Orlando's giving up 44.7 points in the paint. That is 12th in the league in the last three games, so since Markelle Fultz went out. Um, overall for the season, the Magic rank—I'm pulling up the stats here as we speak—the Magic have actually been one of the worst teams in opponent points in the paint 49.5 points in the paint allowed by the Orlando Magic defense. That is 24th in the league. Last year, again, they went from 49.5%, their bottom five. Last year, the Magic were ninth in the league with 46.3 opponent points in the paint per game. So Magic went from one of the best teams at preventing points in the paint to now one of the worst. Again, some of that certainly a product of a shifting lineup, you know, maybe some strategic changes, but the Magic's defense overall has not been good at stopping paint penetration. Again, this is at the very heart of what the Magic are doing. We're going to take a quick break here to do some ad reads, um, but we'll talk about where the Magic's defense ranks and why this is a warning sign as the Magic prepare to move forward. But obviously, Friday the Magic are back in action, and you want to get in on the action too with the Magic back in it. Whether you're preparing for the NFL or doing the NBA season, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL games of the week, the NFL playoffs going on, obviously, or the NBA, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get podcasts. And John Hollinger would probably agree with me on the following point. Uh, It is still really early in the season. We're only 11 games in. Uh, Stats are still very, very noisy and constantly shifting and moving. Things are changing dramatically at every turn and every data point can swing a, a game very, very quickly. There are still massive outliers that occur, and the Magic have certainly faced a few of them. The last three games, the Magic have been beaten by 20 points in each game. They obviously had a 40, took a 40-point loss to the Houston Rockets, um, and, and they took a really nasty loss to the Dallas Mavericks, too. Three out of 11 games is a pretty heavy weight, you know. and then you add in the Philadelphia 76ers loss, and that is four out of 11 games that feel like outliers. Um, that don't feel like who this team is, uh, but feel like a team, you know, certainly last three games especially, feel like a team that's still figuring themselves out. Um, you know, again, we can't take those back. Those stats still remain. And so I, I, I do suspect that right now the Magic statistical profile is not who they are. Certainly after losing Markel Fultz, the Magic have had to figure out who they are offensively again, had to reconfigure their offense on the fly, and hopefully again, you know, it, Knowing, you know, they didn't, they practiced before knowing their game was postponed on Tuesday. Hopefully, they spent some time Tuesday, dr- you know, drilling and walking through to fine tune some things that maybe they hadn't been able to practice or work through as a group as presently constructed. And again, hopefully, Thursday, the Magic spend their practice really drilling and, and hardening those foundations so they can get through the rest of the season. It is an extremely difficult time. But right now, the Magic statistical profile does not look good. Orlando is indeed 6-5. and five. No one's going to take that away from them. They've earned those six wins just as they've earned those five losses. And at this early stage of the season, that puts the Magic in first place in the Southeast Division. That puts the Magic in the position to be in the playoffs, which is exactly where they want to be. No one should take that away from them. No one should criticize them for doing that. That is who they are. But the numbers never lie. The numbers tell a story, and eventually those numbers will settle down. I don't think we're there yet, but there are concerning signs. So for those that are ready to peek into the future as we did earlier in this show, they're certainly concerned that the bottom is indeed about to drop out. As things currently stand, 11 games in the season, the Magic rank rank 25th in the league in offensive rating at 105.5 points per 100 possessions. That's a very, very terrible mark. Their defense, however, the thing that this team is absolutely built on, is at 16th in the league had 109.7 points allowed per 100 possessions. If the Magic can to be that bad offensively, they need to be a top 10 defense to succeed. That's how they stayed afloat early last season. Um, certainly, I think their offense is playing a little bit better than did early in last season, but their defense is nowhere near the same level. The more alarming p- part, though, the Magic's net rating, the difference between their offense and defensive rating, is at minus 4.2. The Magic are 23rd in the league in net rating. They're essentially playing like they are a bottom 10 league team in the league. That's not enough to make the playoffs, which is, again, the ultimate goal. In fact, the Magic have the worst net rating of any team currently with a winning record. Like I said, I think some of this is noise still. I still think that there are three huge outliers weighing down the Magic. And again, those happen to be the last three games. So if you feel bleak, They should be bleak right now. The Magic are playing their worst basketball of the season right now. That doesn't mean they won't recover. That doesn't mean they won't bounce back. That doesn't mean they won't find their normal, which we absolutely haven't seen to this point. We haven't seen the Magic's normal yet. And again, a lot of that is because this is a completely different Magic team than what we had at the beginning of the season. It's almost impossible to judge what we've seen from the Magic. They've still got to find out who they are and figure, find their way to play. Now, the games still count. The games still matter. And ultimately, what matters, matters is that final score. If we took out some of the big blowout loss, especially that loss to the Rockets, the Magic's numbers probably look a little bit better. The Magic probably are a middle-of-the-pack team rather than a bottom-feeding team. But, you know, you take a look at a team like the Toronto Raptors. They have a minus 1.4 net rating. They're 2-8. and eight. They're not playing like a 2-8 and eight team. That's a team that's playing a whole lot better. The Magic are obviously not playing great basketball. And the Magic actually can count three of their six wins against teams that rank lower than them currently in net rating. The Magic obviously have a lot of work to do. No one's hiding from that. No one's uh, changing that. The Magic have to find a way to be more efficient offensively. The Magic actually have the second worst effective field goal percentage in the league at 48.9%. Their true shooting percentage of 52.8% is third worst in the league. This is a terrible offensive team. And I think the offensive numbers... Um, overall, you know, again, the rebounding is a big reason why the Magic are probably staying a little bit afloat offensively, but they've got a lot of work to do. This is a team that is scrambling to keep its head above water, and they've got to find their way to play to be successful. Like I said earlier in the show, though, things might change, calculus might change, and what's ultimately going to matter is wins and losses. This is, again, not to say the Magic can't recover. It is still very, very early in the season. We're not even a quarter of the way through through the year. The Magic are right where they want to be in position in a crowded Eastern Conference. There's still a lot of work to do, and the Magic should be trying to win as many games as they they can right now for what will be surely a more difficult second half of the season again, which is why I think it's so vital that the Magic get off to a good start, which they largely did, But why it's so vital that the Magic put themselves in a positive position heading into the All-Star break. If they're not there... I think the calculus changes very much for this team. But the Magic are playing as poorly as you think. The eye test says they're playing poorly. The numbers say they're playing poorly. And that's something that has to change. Fortunately, there is still a lot of time to do that. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Himbley, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at MB, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. The Magic will be back in practice on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit a little bit more about what they're trying to do with their extra time off as they get ready for the biggest road trip of the first half of the season. We'll take a look at all that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Prostman wreiter We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
1: Hey, Prime members.